Hello, and welcome to the Constructor Cast, your AGC place for all the news, views, and interviews relevant to your construction business. I'm your host, Leah Pilconis. This is the fourth episode in our COVID-19 special edition series, where AGC will bring you timely information on the factors that construction companies need to consider as they strive for business continuity in these challenging and unprecedented times. Our goal is to bring your attention to noteworthy things that we expect to happen in the days ahead and to share with you how AGC is involved in representing the interests of the construction industry. With me today are four of my AGC colleagues, and I'd like to invite them to say hello and tell you a little bit about themselves. Mike, why don't you go first? My name is Mike Kennedy. I'm the general counsel of AGC of America. I've been with the association for quite a few years and enjoy the work that we do. And it's heartwarming to see the construction industry continuing to move forward through these very difficult times. Thank you, Mike. Jimmy? Hi, I'm Jimmy Christensen. I'm a vice president for government relations and oversee all of AGC of America's national government relations activities. And I've uh, been also very uh, uh, pleased to see the outpouring of support for folks throughout the country uh, taking action with their members of Congress as we've had almost well over 100,000 messages sent in the last six weeks to members of Congress. So thank you. Thank you, Jimmy. Jordan? Yes, and I'm Jordan Howard, and I head up our federal and heavy construction division, AGC of America, and I've been here for about six years now. Great. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you all being here today. I have some questions for each of you, but Mike, I'd like to start with you. And I want to talk to you about the Essential Critical Infrastructure Workforce Guidance, which is an advisory document. And that's a document that's published by CISA, or the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, which is within the Department of Homeland Security. The objective of that document is to help state and local governments determine what workers are needed to ensure security and resilience of our nation's critical infrastructure throughout this COVID-19 pandemic. The document has been updated as needed, and in fact, AGCs provided comment. And one of the things that we've asked is to explicitly include all construction workers as essential critical infrastructure workers. I know, Mike, that version 3.0 has just come out, and I'm hoping that you can share with all the listeners kind of what's in that document and what are noteworthy changes that I'm sure contractors want to be aware of. Uh, thank you, Leah. Uh, let me begin by saying that the the preceding version of this guidance um, had also led AGC to the conclusion that uh, the Department of Homeland Security considers all facets of construction to be essential. The document is organized around other industries, and and construction is a support industry, if you like, for really the entire range of economic activity and just about every other industry you can imagine from healthcare to energy uh, to whatever it may be, communications, technology. Uh, there isn't an industry that can function without the support of the construction industry and the document is organized around those other industries that AGC members support. The earlier version uh, had convinced us that uh, CISA does consider construction to be essential. 
It talked uh, very much about construction in the energy sector. It was very explicit when it came to public infrastructure. It was a little less clear when it came to uh, commercial construction. Uh, there were several indications that were expressed statements that uh, they do consider the construction of uh, residential uh, structures to be essential. Uh, this time around, they, they went further and actually made it a very express and specific uh, reference to the commercial construction industry and to the importance of maintaining the continuity of the construction industry. Uh, so they've gone further. We believe the message was already there, but now it's in black and white. Um, and as states and localities around the country look for definitions of what is essential and what is not and how to tailor the various um, measures that they're putting into place, uh, they can rest assured that uh, people at the highest levels of the federal government remain confident uh, that it's important to maintain the continuity of construction. Thank you, Mike. So I know that you're working on uh, some guidance for our state chapters. Uh, so you're going to have that available soon and then some more information on our website, I presume. Yes, we're we're now in the process of fly specking the uh, the latest advisory. That's what it's called uh, to make sure that we have a good handle on uh, all of the uh, provisions that refer to construction, the, the number of specific references to construction is increased from about 24 to 32. Uh, but beyond that, there are inferences to be drawn from uh, other provisions of the guidance. Uh, so we want to look at that very carefully and uh, it takes time to digest it. We know it's hard for our chapters to find the time to do that. So we're going to do it once and then provide them with what we think is the bottom line that they can share with members and uh, public officials as, as appropriate. Great, thank you so much, Mike. So Jimmy, uh, let's turn to you next. In episode two of our, uh, our series, we talked about the Paycheck Protection Program, which is a new loan program enacted in the most recent coronavirus relief measure. And Matt Turkstra from your team shared all the work that AGC has been doing to get clarity on the eligibility guidelines so that construction firms that employ 500 or fewer people could apply for those loans to keep their businesses open and to continue operating and to pay their workers. Well, at the end of last week, the U.S. Small Business Administration said we're no longer accepting applications, which in short means the money has run out. So what's next for small businesses who are desperately trying to retain their crews? And can you just tell us what is AGC's action plan on this and share with us what you and, and all of your team, what, what are you working on? Sure. So first off, you know, we saw that construction uh, was the industry that has received uh, $45 billion in uh, loans to date, uh, the most of any industry. But that's no surprise because construction uh, firms, 99% uh, of those firms are fewer than 500 uh, employees. And even within that, uh, the vast majority are below 20 employees. So mom and pop and family owned businesses are construction. Uh, so we still see, even with the number of loans that have been given out there, 
there's still hundreds of thousands of construction companies that are eligible for these funds that have likely been impacted by uh, COVID-19 related issues and still need additional funding. And we're focused on those additional funds in uh, working with Congress right now. Uh, we expect sometime this week for agreement to be reached uh, between the administration, Senate and House negotiators on providing additional funds. And there could also be some tweaks to the program, which we hope will further simplify eligibility rules as there are some confusing rules related to affiliation of different businesses, uh, whether or not they're a subsidiary of another or holding company of another, but still themselves might be fewer than 500 employees on their own. Uh, so those are some of the things that we're looking at, as well as for members that we have who under one regime of rules for DOL uh, right now, they are they have 500 or fewer employees and are providing the paid leave mandates that were uh, required under the, the uh, Family First Coronavirus Relief Act. Uh, but however, under the SBA rules, they have more than 500 employees because that's a look back um, provision so they're not having access to these PPP funds uh, to which just for us it's in, inherent that these funds are used for essentially retaining the workers that are necessary to do all these central prod projects as we've seen uh, many construction companies uh, taking action to build field hospitals uh, to build additional resources for first responders um, and everyone should remember that even though you have a crew that might be building a building by you that's not necessarily a field hospital, that same crew could be building the field hospital near you. Um, so letting those people go and telling them not, they're not essential because they're not working on a job that's currently, you know, not directly related to COVID-19 response doesn't mean that they might not later be needed to do that. And it's really hard to tell people that uh, at one point they're not essential, but then you got to come back because now you're essential. So that's one of the things that we're trying to push is the fact that it's hard to bring folks back once you tell them they're not essential um, because we ha are seeing uh, considerable amounts of absenteeism uh, in the absence of folks keeping them on the job. Well, thanks for all of your work and leadership on this, Jimmy. I, I want to remind folks that uh, you're continuing to post updates and information and requests for action. Uh, we've got a, a central place for all of our COVID-19 information and updates on AGC's website at www.agc.org coronavirus. So please uh, check out that page if you haven't already. Um, Jordan, I've got a question for you. Let's switch gears a bit and talk about infrastructure investment and specifically WERDA or the Water Resources Development Act, which authorizes required maintenance and new improvement projects for water infrastructure. So we're talking about locks and dams and levees, flood control, uh, environmental restoration projects. So Congress has adopted a schedule of reauthorizing funding for that program every two years. And the time has come again uh, to look at reauthorization. 
And AGC is expecting uh, a bill to come out this week that I know you're going to be spending a lot of time looking at very closely. And you're also drafting right now some testimony because AGC is going to be testifying at a hearing this week on the Hill. So Jordan, can you just bring us up to speed on kind of what we're expecting to happen this week and what are some of AGC's main priorities in uh, the next round of WERDA reauthorization? Yeah, thank you, Leah. And, you know, while much of the country is under shelter in place order, that also applies to uh, congressional hearings right now. So we'll be submitting a, uh, a paper testimony. We were one of five witnesses asked to testify on behalf of the um, water infrastructure uh, legislation, which I think is a uh, great honor. We're a one of the we're the only construction association uh, group that was invited to testify. Uh, we actually testified last September in front of the Senate, and it'll be in front of the Environmental and Public Works Committee, which has jurisdiction over uh, WARDA or this Water Resources Development Act. And this is a good news story uh, since 2014. Like you said, Congress has uh, met every two years and passed uh, authorization for water resources projects that are um, uh, critical for our aging infrastructure. They also have high return ratio. There's all kinds of statistics out there of investing in water infrastructure yields something like 16 to 1 and return on investment. So we were, uh, you know, grateful to be asked to testify again. And, you know, as any infrastructure legislation agency has been heavily involved, both with the, uh, the House and the Senate. And so just to touch on some of our priorities, uh, you know, we feel that water infrastructure and this uh, consistent uh, authorization and um, passing of these policies are, are critical. Um, WARDA in the, in the past has been a bipartisan and you know that's one of our first asks is to keep WARDA bipartisan, keep it um, uh, everything in the bill germane to what water resources infrastructure um, needs and and keep that going. I think one of the positives of, of this consistency is that a lot of states uh, the Army Corps, uh, other agencies, and our members and stakeholders are invested in this routine, um, consistent, updated uh, authorization of projects and policies. So that's one of our, our main asks is to just keep WARDA on the track, keep it bipartisan, keep it moving. Um, another thing is that we'd like to see is projects moving faster. So we have uh, a number of recommendations to streamline the, the permitting process, which Leah, I know you're well familiar of, about uh, uh, and some other uh, ideas that we think can help speed up the process while you know protecting the integrity of our environment as well as uh, uh, the safety of our program which is uh, a key priority and we also think that uh, benefit cost ratio analysis which it sometimes gets murky but these are it's kind of a, a complicated process of determining which projects are worth uh, authorizing and and which projects uh, may not be worth the, the federal dollars. So that ends up being confusing and that's something that uh, we're looking to to make recommendations on addressing. And finally, you know, uh, keeping the trust funds um, uh, consistent in what they're they're meant for. So you can think of um, uh, the Inland Waterway Trust Fund, which uh, funds our inland ports and our uh, systems that, that help our commerce and keep our economy competitive. 
and the Harbor Maintenance Trust Fund, which the CARES Act did a great job of, of helping ensure, but we want to make sure that those um, trust funds are, are spent for the purposes that they're, they were intended for. Great. Well, thank you so much for that update, Jordan. And sounds like you're going to have a very busy week. Appreciate all that you're doing. Really appreciate you guys giving us uh, all, all of the information that you did. And this has been uh, another episode of uh, Constructor Cast. And we, we thank you guys who are listening for turning to us for information, uh, both on the COVID-19 pandemic, but also on the other issues that we cover in Constructor Cast. You can uh, download issues of ConstructorCast straight from AGC of America's webpage at www.agc.org slash ConstructorCast, or we invite you to subscribe from your podcast app. And if you're listening to us and you like what you're hearing, please give us a rating. So thank you again, and we hope that you all stay healthy and safe, and thanks for turning to AGC for information.